Hey everyone, welcome to the Got 10 Minutes podcast, the podcast for product teams. Today we speak with Rietis Linde, who is、uh, the design lead at Toggle Track. Hey Rietis, welcome to the show. Hi Dwayne, and it's a pleasure being here. Thank you for inviting. It's a, it's a pleasure having you.、Um, so you are the design lead at Toggle Track.、Um, how did you get into user experience? What was what was that? What was the road look like? Uh, so it happened、uh, maybe a decade or a little bit more ago. I was、uh, still in a place where I'm currently based in Riga, Latvia, in the northeastern part uh, of uh, the Europe,、mm. and uh, the UX uh, was something new at that time.、Mm. So、uh, yeah, I got interested in design and tech quite early in my life. Already in high school, started programming, tinkering with、uh, Macromedia Flash、uh, when it was still a thing,、mm. and.、Um, Yeah, I was、uh, looking forward what to do with all that, and uh, when uh, the time、uh, arrived to study, I was looking uh, uh, where to pursue、uh, my interests further, and、uh, I picked、uh, what I thought was closest to interactive design at that time, which was systems analysis,、uh, computer science degree,、uh, mm-hmm. because I very much enjoyed people aspects of software like requirements engineering and.、Uh, Uh, yeah, drawing、uh, flowcharts, planning software, thinking about who will benefit of it, and basically talking to people who will use it. And uh, uh, I, I finished my studies, tried different kinds of tech jobs, starting from sales and digital marketing、uh, to web developments.、Uh, but I was still looking up to the emerging fields of uh, uh, interactive design, information, information architecture in the western part of the world.、Uh, so yeah, I decided to pursue design、uh, further and looked、uh, abroad. So that、uh, brought me to、uh, Denmark, where I pursued product design. Uh, degree and、uh, focused very much on、uh, designing tangible products. At that time, that was a bit outside my comfort zone because I, I was used to working with digital products.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but nevertheless, it、uh, helped me to learn a lot about、uh, involving stakeholders, many different kind of creative ways how to do that、uh, through what was called at that time participatory design approach. Loved every bit of it. And、uh, yeah, after my years in Denmark,、uh, my girlfriend, now wife, really wanted to get back to Riga, Latvia. So we did that, and、uh, I was、uh, lucky to find one of the rare、uh, UX jobs at that time locally. It was 2011, and、uh, yeah, since that,、uh, since then, I've, I've been in、uh, UX and、uh, trying to give back to my community as much as I can through teaching, uh, mentoring, um, and organizing meetups, and of course, working. Oh, nice. You said you worked with、um, physical products in in Denmark, correct? Yes, yes. It was mostly focused on physical products, electronic,、oh, wow. woodworking, and things like these. How did that translate into your、um, honing your skill in designing digital products?、Mm. Right.、Uh, yeah, that, that's a that's a good question、uh, because、uh, there are definitely differences, right,、uh, uh, on how digital products behave and. What you can do with tangible products,、uh, and I think the biggest difference is、uh, that in digital products,、uh, they can get to the scale much faster than it can happen、uh, in physical product space. But there are also similarities, right? We still need to think about who will benefit from those products, how it will be, by whom it will be used, uh, uh, what it takes、uh, to make sure that. They become success, and、uh, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, these kinds of things translates、uh, from one field to the other and、uh, and back. 
Yeah, and like as you said, you said that I kind of like started thinking about design languages and uh, minimalism uh, compared to skeuomorphism. Like, did, did working with <laughs> physical products make you more skeuomorphic, or like how did that influence your design language? Yeah, yeah. One one thing uh, that definitely uh, stands out in physical product space is the tangibility. Right, we we get this physical feedback of things. We can we even. We don't need to see things to know in what kind of state they are. So if you press button, we know, you know, that we have pressed it, that it has worked already. Whereas with screen-based products, it's a bit different. We don't get this kind of physical, like, tasted feedback, mm -hmm. right? So uh, that's that's a big, uh, in a way, that's that's an advantage in physical product space. And uh, yeah, now now that we are talking, I remembered. Uh, one study assignment that was particularly challenging which was designing a product that requires interaction from with, with feet uh, so and yeah that that made me really think you know what can i build that requires interaction with only feet right uh, so we built uh, yeah a musical device in the end where it could could stomp uh, uh the the uh the elements and making music, uh, but still it was something unusual because in digital product space, we usually think about fingers and what people can do with hands and their eyes. And it's quite unusual to think, uh, you know, how actually rich our capabilities are in terms of using a full body interaction, right? And that's yeah. something that I think in digital product space, we forget about. Yeah, a lot of times, um yeah, we're kind of bound by the screens that we have. And sometimes we, we tend to forget that um, like the world is kind of bigger than the screen. So we're kind of like, we, we, we limit ourselves, it seems, um, when it comes yeah. on to that. How, how do you see the industry changing in terms of um, people being more open with their design, mm. not really thinking about the limiting factors of a screen? Yeah, right. Well, definitely uh, one, one uh, good trend that I see is that we hear more and more about inclusive design and accessibility so uh, we realize that accessibility is important for everyone it's useful for everyone right we, we can be in different kinds of circumstances uh, our uh, vision can be impaired permanently term temporary it can happen to every one of us right uh, and uh, i i see that it's starting to make more and more impacts uh, in the digital products that we are making and um, I think that's that's really good. That just makes uh, products better and uh, more accessible to everybody. Mm. So, how is it being the design lead at ToggleTrack? Oh, before we jump into that, like, what is ToggleTrack for those who don't know? Right. So, ToggleTrack is a time tracking and and planning uh, software uh, that's uh, aimed uh, at uh, teams and solo users. And uh, yeah, it's a fully remote company for the eight years, and we are serving uh, uh, people all around the world and helping them to get useful insights uh, in uh, their time. Mm. So, what is it like being the design lead at uh, ToggleTrack? So, it's a very global company since it's a remote company. That means that there are people from all around the world uh, working. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's more than 40 countries represented uh, in a oh, company. Wow. So, a really a global uh, and, and passionate uh, crowd of people who want to make uh, time tracking uh, better. 
And uh, yeah, that, that's exactly how it feels like. Uh, lots of asynchronous uh, ways of working, uh, collaboration across multiple time zones, uh, users across uh, the globe from basically every continent. Uh, and uh, yeah, what it feels like uh, being a design lead at Toggle, it means designing for scale uh, and uh, helping the design team to do the best they can uh, to serve the big crowd uh, of uh, people checking time. Mm. You, you mentioned um, working async and um, uh, pretty much making sure that everyone's on track. Um, how, um, with such a large team across the globe, um, how do you make sure that your your role as as um, the lead, the design lead, is executed properly? Because like it's a very um, design is is something that's very um, emotional, you know. Um, mm, right. and, uh, when it's in person, uh, pretty much you can like have a lot of conversation. But sometimes when there is that the the the, the, the there's a screen to interact with, it, it kind of limits that interaction. How do you ensure that uh, the 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 best value? Um, is actually taken out of each session that you have with um, your team members. I think, uh, yeah, there, there are, I guess, multiple dimensions uh, to the answer. One dimension is my role as such. And uh, as a design team lead, for for me as a design team lead, it means that my product is actually my team, right? So my it's a people-focused role. And my main goal is to make sure that uh, we provide a space where effective design can happen and that includes uh, supporting uh, and mentoring design designers so that they can maximize their potential to make a good impact on the product right so that's that's a big part of my job uh, it's very people focused uh, and uh, same that uh, make making uh, enabling the team to make their best work when it comes to the product as such yeah you're right that design sometimes feels as something that's vague and as something that's that feels like uh, emotional or uh, or maybe to be more precise unmeasurable uh, to some extent so that's uh, definitely a big uh, focus point for us how can we measure the impact of design right um, and uh, how can we sort of make the impact that we are doing through design visible and that's definitely a good for morale to see that kind of impact because i i mean everybody wants to see i guess the impact that they can make right uh designers not being an exception and uh, that's a big focus of what we are doing we are doing design validation sessions uh, we are doing experiments uh, we are trying basically to get as much data as we can to see whether we have made a positive impact or not and uh, yeah we are doing this uh, through many by employing my multiple approaches uh, starting from unmoderating uh, unmoderated testing sessions uh, through different kinds of tools that are available in the market uh, to moderated sessions by meeting people face to face and uh, checking up with them what's important to them and whether our solutions work or not and and you spoke about experiments um a little bit earlier how do you conduct experiments and what experiments do you conduct um, to ensure that you're on the right track? I think one of the uh, collaborations that we have uh, helps a lot, uh, which is with uh, the so-called growth team. So we have a growth team that's uh, whose goal is to experiment with ideas, uh, do A-B testing on, on ideas that we have and see what we can learn from that. And I think uh, one direction is collaboration with the growth team. And it's it has been a pleasure so far uh, to learn uh, from them, to learn how design solutions can actually 
be measured. And uh, that's, that's one uh, source where we can da uh, get data. And the other one is uh, design validation sessions, uh, where we conceive an idea and then we try to get signals, uh, whether that idea has uh, a good potential or needs more work. And what are some of the, the most challenging things you'd say um, you do on a, on a daily basis? Because like uh, being the lead of design is uh, is a lot of work, you know, plus having like a global team is it's uh, that that's like a lot of work, too. You know, so how um, what's one of the most challenging th things you do on a daily basis? And also, um, I'd say what's one of the most rewarding things as well? So one of the most challenging and rewarding things um, in terms of challenges um i think one of the biggest challenge is to find the right balance for me uh between being uh, too much involved uh, in teams matters and uh being again too hands off so i'm trying to find the, the the best balance where i try to help people as much as i can uh while not interfering too much uh with uh, their learning opportunities so that's 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 the biggest challenge for me uh, as the team lead, uh, where I am relying uh, very much on feedback. The other one is probably related more to design operations, how we operate as a design team. And that's the other kind of challenge uh, to make sure that we don't get uh, buried away in the current uh, needs, current matters, but also think a little bit about the future, what the company will look like when it scales up, what kind of needs and pressures will be on us as a design team, and make sure that we sort of build the, the uh, build robust and scalable design operations. So that's an, another, uh, a bit more technical challenge to think about future a little bit. What advice would you have for um, for someone who who would want to have a role that you have, or even break into um, user experience um, design. It's a very exciting role. Um, and I'm sure mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, I want to do this, but I don't think I can design things. I don't I have my color coordinations off. I, you know, like what advice would you give? That definitely will be just just my 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 own experience. Uh, I guess the best I, that I can uh, share in terms of advice is to uh, do experiments. Right. Uh, it may sound very meta, right? Uh, user experience and design is very much about uh, experiments nowadays. But uh, in terms of role and in terms of coming in uh, this field, uh, that also means a lot of experiments, right? Uh, try design, redesigning something that you that you don't like, that you think is not useful, that you think is not usable. Uh, try to make it better. Tinker with stuff. Uh, enjoy making stuff better from the daily life that you observe, right? Uh, and uh, I, I think that could be a path to find your own voice, your own style, what you like the most. Do you like uh, talking to people and finding problems? Or do you like uh, designing new solutions? Uh, or do you like, uh, I don't know, selling stuff and building teams around implementing solutions? Uh, so I think uh, at least that's something that has helped to me uh, very much, uh, you know, tinker with stuff until I find something that I really enjoy. So imagine the world and tinker with stuff that like the way how you'd want it to be. Um, Redis, it was such a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for joining us for the God 10 Minutes podcast. Sure, no problem. And it was a pleasure being here. Awesome. And thanks for listening to the God 10 Minutes podcast. To so stay in touch, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or the podcast app you're listening to this on right now for more episodes. Take care.